From Washington, D.C., this is On the Ground. For supporters of imprisoned journalist Julian Assange, all eyes are on D.C. for the January 20th Belmarsh Tribunal at the National Press Club, where a range of high-profile experts will present evidence of the current attack on journalism and publishers. For this show, which first airs just hours before the tribunal, we present voices from a rally for Assange held outside the Department of Justice. Instead of an indictment, Julian Assange should get a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Julian Assange is currently imprisoned for reporting the facts, for revealing harsh truths about U.S. war crimes. He's being tortured for doing his job. Julian wasn't trying to help dictatorships. He was trying to stop the United States from becoming one. Welcome to On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. I'm Esther Averam. For this hour, voices from a large rally for imprisoned WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, who faces extradition to the United States from the UK and up to 175 years in prison for revealing U.S. war crimes in Iraq and Afghanistan. The rally held outside the Department of Justice on October 8th, 2022, is part of a renewed effort and is just one of several recent actions by Assange supporters to protect him, the First Amendment, and human rights. Experts say that Assange is being held in conditions that are tantamount to torture. Protesters want U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland to drop all extradition efforts and charges. The first speakers are former Green Party U.S. presidential candidate Dr. Jill Stein and Chip Gibbons from the organization Defending Rights and Dissent. everybody. That was amazing. I'm not going to lie. I got a little emotional. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Misty Winston. I'm an organizer and activist with Action for Assange. We've been around for, I don't know, too long. When we started, we thought maybe we will be doing this for six months and here we are like four years later. So we have an amazing list of speakers. So I'm not going to waste any of your time rambling, which is what I'm known for. I'm going to not do that though. So leading us off really needs no introduction. Her name is Dr. Jill Stein. She is, yes, give it up for Dr. Jill Stein. She is an American physician and activist. She was the Green Party's nominee uh, for president of the United States in 2012 and 2016. And I voted for her both times. And she is also a member of the amazing group Doctors for Assange. So she is representing them as well today. So once again, please give it up and welcome Dr. Jill Stein. Thank you so much for everything you do. Everyone here is a hero. We are all Julian Assange, we all need Julian Assange, and we all need to stand in for him as best as we can until Julian Assange is free. I especially want to thank the members of the press because the real press is here today, not the O-Press. 
who are the ones that should be here, but are busy keeping us down in so many ways. So as we know, what's going on here is not just a threat to the life of Julian Assange, it's really a threat to the life of our democracy. The more you look at this case, the more you become traumatized, I must say, by just looking at what is going on. This is an assault not only on freedom of the press, it makes a complete mockery of our judicial system, it is an attack on human rights. It's absolutely unacceptable. What we are watching here really is a microcosm of the crisis of our democracy. So we have no choice except to keep fighting back. And I have to mention, <clears throat> I'm here today representing Doctors for Assange, which is a group of healthcare providers, doctors, psychiatrists, and psychologists who've made the point that the treatment of Julian Assange is basically one of psychological torture and it must not be tolerated. So, what we really need right now is watchdog journalism. We've had enough of lapdog journalism, which is what we've got today. If we don't have watchdog journalism, how do we ever end the endless wars in which we have spent $21 trillion since 9-11? How much safer are we? How much more democratic and free are we? Not at all. We need to be spending that money on human needs here and around the world and on a global Green New Deal and on peace and justice, not on endless war. That is why they are silencing Julian Assange. We need the money that's going into endless war to solve our climate crisis, which is becoming more catastrophic by the day with a third of Pakistan underwater, with the ice sheets in the Antarctic said to lose a major ice sheet, the so-called Doomsday Thwaites Glacier in the Antarctic, which is threatening with two feet of sea level rise, which may begin to accelerate any moment now. We can be fixing this crisis, but we cannot fix this crisis while we have a press that's basically in bed with the banks and the billionaires and the fossil fuel giants and the war profiteers. So this is about seizing the power that we have. And I just want to remind people, we do have the power. We do have the power. As Alice Walker said, the biggest way people give up power is by not knowing we have it to start with. A poll was just done by Gallup. And they found that overwhelmingly, the major concern of people in this country is for jobs, it's for an end to inflation, it's for being able to afford the cost of living, it's for health care as a human right. These are the things that people want. The number of people who thought that the business with Russia is the leading issue amounted to a measly 1%, yet that is what we hear the lapdog media screaming about all the time. So don't take that propaganda at face value. Have the courage of our convictions. Let's keep fighting. We are going to free Julian Assange and protect our democracy for all of us. Thank you all so much for being here. Wow, let's hear it for Jill Stein. Woo! How are you guys doing? My name's Amber King. I'm with Roar Media, flew out from the beautiful Pacific Northwest to join you all here today. And I would like
introduce our next speaker. Please give it up for Chip Gibbons. He is the policy director of Defending Rights and Dissent, where he advises lawmakers on the Espionage Act and the First Amendment implications of pending legislation. As a journalist, Chip has analyzed U.S. prosecutions of our truth-tellers, highlighting the violations against the First Amendment and human rights. Please give it up for Chip. Thank you very much. It's a great honor to be here. And as already was mentioned, I'm with Defending Rights and Dissent, an organization that for six decades has defended your right to know and your freedom to act. It is so great to see so many of you here today. This is an extremely heartening crowd. It is inspiring. But I want to take a minute at the beginning to remind us of some of the people who could not be here today, like Edward Snowden, who is in exile because he exposed how our government spied on us in violation of their own laws and lied about it. Like Daniel Hale, who right now is in a communications management unit for exposing the realities of drone warfare. Communication management units are draconian prisons reserved for terrorists. The drone program is terrorism, not whistleblowing. And of course, and of course, the reason we're all here today Julian Assange, who is right now in Belmarsh, one of the most draconian prisons in the world. Once again, generally reserved for terrorism. Very interesting. The person who exposed the terrorism is the one there. For over 105 years, the Espionage Act has cast a shadow over our society. It may sound like a law that is aimed at spies and saboteurs, but it is a law that has censored silenced and chilled opposition to U.S. foreign policy, whistleblowing, and journalism. It was passed during World War I, and not a single German spy was prosecuted under it. Instead, thousands of Americans like Eugene Debs and Big Bill Haywood, who did not think we should be in a bloody and pointless European war that may have been extremely profitable to the war profiteers and the arm manufacturers and the captains of industry, but came at a heavy cost that was paid by the working class. Those people were in jail. Their prosecution so enraged the public, we had a movement like never before for freedom of speech that redefined free speech itself and turned the First Amendment from more than just words on a piece of paper. Unfortunately, in spite of those fantastic victories, a hundred years later, we still have unfinished business with the Espionage Act. And I also want to be clear that there is clearly a through line between putting Eugene Debs in jail for saying, and this was the quote that landed him in jail, if war be right, let the people decide, and persecuting Julian Assange, a journalist who believes that if wars can be started on lies, then peace can be brought by truth. Starting with Daniel Ellsberg, the Espionage Act took on a new purpose, silencing and prosecuting whistleblowers. And the national security state, from as soon as the Pentagon Papers were published, began salivating at the idea of putting away journalists under the, under the Espionage Act. But for decades, that was considered a bridge too far, even by CIA directors and other people who were all willing to use it against whistleblowers. That is until Julian Assange became the first person ever indicted under the Espionage Act for the publishing of truthful information. 
And we want to make sure he's the last person indicted for publishing truthful information and that he never stands trial in this country because if they bring Julian here, it will not just be Assange on trial in the Eastern District. It will be our First Amendment in the docket as well. So we have to make sure the U.S. government never gets its hands on Julian and that we amend the Espionage Act so that it can no longer be used to incarcerate, jail, and intimidate those of us who oppose the policies of war and empire. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chip. Everybody give it up for Chip Gibbons. Next, we have James Bovard. James is the author of 10 books. He's on the USA Today Board of Contributors and has written for the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Uh, he wrote an article in 2019 in the USA Today calling for awarding Julian Assange with the Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, instead of federal indictment. Uh, so everybody, please welcome James Bovard. Hey, uh, I want to start by thanking Misty Winston for doing a great job of organizing this protest. She is really, really good. So, there is an old saying that if government makes exposing a crime a crime, then you're being ruled by criminals. Except for Joe Biden. And except for Merrick Garland here. Maybe except for Christopher Ray, but I'm not sure, so... I was trying to make sure I got those caveats added to add to my dossier. Did, uh, so did everybody here get the official informant bingo game uh, bingo card? So we keep track of the informants? No, okay. I'll, I'll draw the curtain on that. Four years ago, I did a piece for USA Today that said that instead of an indictment, Julian Assange should get a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Now, now I don't trust presidents, and I don't trust presidents to give medals of freedom to people like Robert McNamara, but I'll make an exception in Julian's case. Julian said, if wars can be started by lies, they can be stopped by truth. He's facing 17 counts of the Espionage Act for exposing war crimes that were committed by U.S. forces in Afghanistan and Iraq. The Christian Science Monitor said that the reaction of Congress was to uh, Julian Assange's message was to shoot the messenger, but uh, but the Taliban did not buy into the cover-up, and as we saw last year, the American uh, troops were unpopular in Afghanistan. The puppet government collapsed, and Congress had no reason not to know Julian Assange. Quickly showed them uh, 12 years ago that the uh, the war was not going to be won, but they kept going. So uh, three years ago, when uh, back when Britain, uh, Britain arrested Julian Assange for the U.S. government, Senator Joe Manchin said, uh, Julian Assange is our property, and now we can get the facts and truth from him. Unfortunately, Manchin has no recommendations on how, uh, how we can get the facts and the truth from the federal government right now. Okay, so Biden has ramped up U.S. bombings in Somalia. Who exactly are we killing and why? It's a secret. Uh, a question, is the uh, U.S. government still financing Syrian terrorist groups that are slaughtering Syrian civilians? What are the details? It's a secret. Why is the U.S. still uh, bankrolling Saudi atro atrocities in Yemen? It's a secret. 
And then there's the biggest and most dangerous secret on the horizon right now, U.S. intervention in the Russia-Ukraine war. We have no idea how far that the U.S. has gone and what kind of uh, actions U.S. might have taken. It's possible they're Pentagon and CIA officials who are trying to blow, uh, who are warning, but those warnings are being ignored, and it might be that we don't find out about it until it's too late. So the Justice Department stresses that Julian uh, exposed classified information. People in D.C. talk about classified information like it's a holy relic that cannot be exposed without damning the nation. How much classified info do the feds have? They make trillions of pages of it per year. That's part of the reason we have little or no idea what the U.S. government foreign policy is right now. Because there is an iron curtain that has fallen about this. And this helps explain why there's so little trust in Washington now. Americans today are more likely to believe in witches, ghosts, and astrology than to trust the federal government. We need more hell raisers like Julian Assange to save democracy from the deep state, from big government, and from both political parties. Hopefully we can get him out of prison as soon as possible, and thanks for coming to this event. Thank you, Mr. Bovard. All right. Next, we know him as a political analyst and a progressive radio talk show host. Garland Nixon has served on board of the ACLU National Board and appeared on multiple TV and radio programs and my favorite one to watch on Ruffin. Please welcome Garland Nixon. Hello, hello. You know, I didn't really have a plan, but on the way over here, a friend of mine, I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone, and I was getting, you know, why are you doing that? You know, the empire is too powerful, you're not going to get anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And I thought about this very short story. It's a good story. I made it up. So there's a guy at the dock. He's standing on the dock, and he's pushing against this aircraft carrier. And somebody walks up to him, and they're like, what are you doing that for? You're wasting your time. You will never move that aircraft carrier. And he says, well... It's a hobby. It's just what I do. I'm a pusher of aircraft carriers. I do it because I enjoy doing it. Whether it moves or not, I'm going to keep doing it. Here's my point, because a special hello also to the people, those uh, who are in the national security um, uh, enforcement agencies who are here. You know who you are. I just want to say hi and thanks for helping build up the crowd a little bit. But my, <laughs> my point is this. When it comes to this, don't get frustrated. That's what we have to be when it comes to activism. I wanted to be the person to say to everyone, you don't know if you're going to, if it's going to work, if it's not going to work. Don't be the angry activist. Enjoy your activism. Do it because it's who you are and it's what you do. As a black person, I always think back like to W.E.B. Du Bois, to people in 1900, 1910, who had no chance that in their lifetime, they would achieve what they wanted. But they did it because it was who they are. So to those in the national security state who are here trying to figure a way that they can turn down the volume on this thing, it's not going to happen. We're going to continue to do this. We're going to stand for Julian Assange because it's who we are, it's what we do, and we're not going to stop, and we're going to enjoy the fight. Thank you. That was the voice of political analyst and Pacifica radio host Garland Nixon, and before him, journalist James Bovard, speaking last October at a rally outside the Department of Justice for the imprisoned WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange.
This is On the Ground. I'm Esther Averam. Stay with us. to stand up for a journalist and to stand up for Julian Assange. And I say that because so many people in corporate media will say Julian Assange is not a journalist. And I say back to them, you're not a journalist. And so I want the Clintons, the Obamas, the Bushes, and Mike Pompeo to know that you may try to silence Julian Assange, but the thing about facts is that Facts don't die. They don't die. They don't change. They don't become unfacts. They don't become untrue. Facts never become false. So like even in the current PSYOP about Ukraine, you may try to sell lies. You may try to erase the history of Stepan Bandera. You may try to take Victoria Newland's video off of YouTube. And I hope people have downloaded that, by the way, <laughs> keeping it safe. And you may try to erase the history of garment workers in Haiti who were denied a minimum wage under Hillary Clinton when she was over at the State Department. But the thing is that the fact that that happened, it doesn't die. And the other thing is that facts come back to bite. So those same garment workers in Haiti are still fighting. And they're joining with other Haitians who insist on not being enslaved under the imperialist order. They insist on having energy that they were receiving from Venezuela. They insist on all these things and they insist on not being erased from history. When I was coming over here, I was thinking that WikiLeaks was and is an antidote for this kind of imperialist psychosis that thinks that we will forget the millions of people killed in Vietnam or all these wars, the people who are, have been tortured, the people who, who have been starved like they're being starved right now in Afghanistan because we've stolen their money, that they think that all of these things will disappear. And I think it's a, a type of psychosis and WikiLeaks was and is an antidote for that. So the work of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks lives on and will, will live on no matter what the 1% instinct for cruelty and injustice is. I keep thinking that the, the work of WikiLeaks is kind of like an extension of these great scholarly works that I've had been privileged to read like How Europe Underdeveloped Africa by Walter Rodney because what WikiLeaks shows through its investigations is how it's still being underdeveloped by the imperialist order, by the U.S. empire. And so we can take this information to fight back. 
And that's the final thing I want to say is that Mike Pompeo, this whole, these a whole, you know, group of like, you know, cannibal imperialists, they aren't afraid and angry because WikiLeaks makes them look bad. They're afraid and angry because WikiLeaks gives us information to fight back. It gives people the information they need to fight back. In Haiti, in the United States, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria. And so that's why we're here today, to let the imperialists and all their minions and corporate media know that the people will keep fighting back and that facts don't die. Free Julian Assange, all power to the people. Thank you, Garland. Okay, I'm personally pretty pumped about being able to introduce our next speaker. Uh, she, I think, came from the womb and was immediately in the streets. She is a minister, a Black Panther. Uh, she was instrumental to the Poor People's Campaign and is well known for her work as a grassroots community activist for welfare, housing, and health care rights. Everybody, please give it up for the legend herself, Reverend Annie Chambers. Hello! I'm so glad to be here with you today and to speak on what we used to call in the Pampas a true soldier. Julius Assange is a true soldier. He's a soldier. See, everybody put on a uniform ain't a soldier. But he's told the truth and He's been prosecuted for the truth. He's been prosecuted. And doing this, when I, you know, was about to speak, know I was coming, I had to pray. Because I've been praying for him ever since they incarcerated him. Along with a lot of other of us, he's incarcerated unjustly. But look where we are. We're in America. A country that was stolen on lies. A country where people with class, as I was explaining to some of my colleagues and one of my sons and my husband coming over here, when they talk of what they call class. Class is money. That's all it is. So we in a country that Thrives on greed, on greed and the viciousness. And when he told the truth about us going other countries, oppressing other people, stealing wealth from other people in other countries, he had to be stopped. That's what they think they can do. But I prayed on this, as I said, and I asked. God to give me some clarity. As a minister and a woman of God, because I haven't always been. You know, I haven't always been. But he gives me, understand, he gives me good clarity. And I picked up the Bible and I seen 
Paul and Saul, and I read about them, they refused to bear down. They refused to bear down. Julius refused to bear down. He's not bearing down. I know that he's suffering, and I know that he's being tortured, and he's being abused. But we must understand there is still a higher power. I have belief in this power. I know that this power worked because it brought me to And it's brought a lot of other, my comrades, through. And we have to understand that why we have to fight this battle. And, and I say it all the time whenever I speak into my family, until I may not see it in my lifetime. I'm 81 years old. I may not see it in my lifetime, but y'all know that I made a mark. I'm gonna be fighting. That's what I tell them. But you remember the Roman Empire? Biggest empire in the world. Thought they could conquer the world. But it was not done. It was not so. That's what America think they are. We the greed here in America is so greedy, they think that they can conquer the world, that they can control the whole world. Well, I'm here to tell you that it is not true, America. And America people, we always we gotta oppress somebody else. Why are they coming to our country? I said, ain't yours, and why the hell you come here? Why you come here? It wasn't yours either. Well, they come here getting my job. It won't your job in the first place. You understand? So we have to be able to fight against oppression in America and fight for change. That is my whole goal, is to fight for change and oppression in America. But I want to want you to know I may not never get to meet him or see him, but I want him to know if ever there's a message getting to him that I pray for him every night because that's my faith. That's my faith. That's my belief. I know that he's gonna come out victorious. He's gonna win. we got to do is to keep him out of the hellhole worse than he's in, and that's America. Keep Julius out of America. I said to you today, not today, not tomorrow, not ever, not ever, he should be able, they should be able to put his feet on this hellhole of a soil called America. God bless you. Thank you so much, Reverend Annie. That was amazing. We are so with you. Bria Sanj, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, okay, coming up next, we have one of my favorite independent journalists, Dan Cohen. Uh, he's a journalist with Mint Press News and a filmmaker. Um, and his latest film is Another Vision, which is uh, a film about the inside of Haiti's uprising. So everybody, please give it up for Dan Cohen. Thank you, thank 
you, thank you, Misty. I want to give a huge round of applause to all the organizers who put this incredible event together and everybody who came out to stand for Assange today. I want to know, raise your hand if you are a reporter for the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Guardian. Are there any of you out there? No, there's not a single, I don't see any hands. One, one guy's raising his hand, but I think that's just so he can take a picture. But, <laughs> but no, there are, what does that say? That if you are a journalist, you're a reporter, and you are not here defending freedom of speech, defending your ability to speak the truth, it means you're not a journalist. You are a propagandist. That's why none of them are here. And it comes down to regular people, other independent journalists who are not, who are not owned by BlackRock, by the mega corporations and financial institutions that dominate our lives. So it comes to us. We are the real resistance in this country. Yes, exactly. We need to make our voices heard here in the belly of the beast. I mean, think about the importance of Julian Assange, the importance of WikiLeaks in this moment as we are on the precipice of, as Joe Biden said, Armageddon. And what did Julian Assange say? <laughs> what did Julian Assange say about war? That, that every war begins with a lie. And so truth can bring peace. And so let's, let's imagine if, if we had Cablegate, the, the massive trove of, of diplomatic cables that were leaked by, by WikiLeaks, if we had that right now, what would we know about, let's say, the assassination of Daria Dugina, the U.S. role in that? The U.S. says, oh, we don't know anything about that. We, we don't know anything about that. But you can imagine what's being said in, in, in classified documents. What would, we, what would we know? What would, what would those documents reveal about the bombing of the Crimea Bridge overnight that the U.S. doesn't know anything about it. Just it's, you know, the, the, the SBU, the Ukrainian intelligence services are ex essentially an extension of the CIA, but we don't know anything about it. What would we learn about the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise last year that the, that, that the U.S., uh, you know, we don't know anything about that either, even though they sealed the indictment, essentially, what a, what a DEA, a former DEA chief called uh, telegraphing CIA involvement in the assassination. So the reason they're punishing Julian Assange is not because of what he rep what he did as as one person. It's because he represents the truth that he and WikiLeaks bring to the people represents a threat to the most violent and dangerous empire in the history of the world. And I'm inspired to see so many people here today who have come from all around the country to make their voices heard, to refuse to submit, and to fight back. So thank you everyone for coming out. Give it up for Dan Cohen, and go check out his movies, too. All right, next up, we have Dave DeCamp. He is a news editor of Antiwar.com and a freelance journalist based in Brooklyn, New York, focusing on U.S. foreign policy and war. Please welcome Dave DeCamp. 
Uh, first, I just want to thank all the organizers for putting this together. Uh, it's great to see so many people out here for Assange, and so much work has to go into this. And so, when I'm talking to you today, we appear to be on the brink of nuclear war. And I don't like to be an alarmist, but the, as Dan Cohen mentioned, the President of the United States did just say that the other day. We're facing nuclear Armageddon, the highest chance since the Cuban Missile Crisis. We have to ask ourselves, how did we get here? How did we get to this point and forget the lessons of the Cold War? Well, a few things happened, including uh, giving up on the peace dividend after the collapse of the Soviet Union, yeah. using the unipolar moment to pick on and destroy smaller countries, responding to 9-11 by killing millions of people that had nothing to do with it. They made an enemy out of Russia when there was absolutely no reason to do so. And that's not me, that's George Kennan who said that. Now we're seeing a similar situation unfold with China, making war over Taiwan more likely. Instead of dismantling their nuclear weapons, they tore up arms, arms control treaties and created a plan to spend $1.5 trillion to modernize the nuclear triad. And they have to justify that somehow. So how could we let this happen? And the reason why is because we don't have more people like Julian Assange. And for exposing the truth and the deep-seated corruption that led us to this point, He's been vilified and tortured and kept away from his family. And why did they do that? Again, if there were more WikiLeaks and more people like Assange, we could find out the truth of what's going on, as Dan Cohen mentioned, with the war in Ukraine. We could, there's strong evidence that the Biden administration wanted to prolong this war, that they sent Boris Johnson over there in April to kill a peace deal. But we don't know for sure. What we need right now is a WikiLeaks-style cable email dump to see what they've been saying to each other. Because that is going to reveal that they don't care about Ukrainians. They don't care about democracy or whatever they say. They want to weaken Russia, and they want to line the pockets of Lloyd Austin's buddies at Raytheon. That's what this is all about. So this is why we need more people like Julian Assange. And let me be absolutely clear, Julian Assange is a journalist. He has done no crimes. He has only exposed them. And the reason why this is so important, if he is prosecuted under the Espionage Act, which was passed during World War I to crush dissent, it will set the most dangerous precedent. Anybody who calls himself a journalist or any kind of media, or even if you just put information out into the world, this could set a precedent that if you publish something, tell somebody something that the government doesn't like, they could put you away for life. So. That's why I'm here today, because this is not just about the First Amendment. This is a freedom issue. This is about liberty, what little liberty we have left. So for peace and our time, we need our government, the U.S. Empire, to free Julian Assange. And that's what we should all be screaming from the rooftops. But instead, there's no mainstream journalists here. So it's up to us to get the word out to everybody. Thank you. Free Assange. That last speaker was editor David DeCamp, before him journalist Dan Cohen, the Reverend Annie Chambers, and began with yours truly, Esther Averm, producer and host of On the Ground. Up next is journalist Sabrina Salvati and former UN weapons inspector Scott Ritter. This is On the Ground. Stay with us.
This is Esther Ivarum, producer and host of On the Ground, thanking you for listening and for being a part of our audience. And I'm asking you to please partner with us in keeping alive this independent grassroots news program from Washington, D.C. So please go to our page at patreon.com forward slash on the ground show. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash on the ground show. Or you can see all the ways to support, including end of the year giving and PayPal on our website, which you know is onthegroundshow.org. Thank you. Libera Assange, no nos moverán. Libera Assange, no nos moverán como un árbol firme, firme junto al río. No nos moverá. Freedom for Assange, freedom for Assange. We shall not be moved. Freedom for Assange. We shall not be moved Just like a tree That's planted by the water We shall not be Libera Assange Libera Assange No nos moverán Libera Assange No nos moverán Como un árbol Firme Firme junto al río No Libera Peltier, no nos moverán. Libera Peltier, no nos moverán como un árbol firme, firme junto al río. No nos moverán. Free Peltier, free Peltier, we shall not be moved. Free Peltier, we shall not be moved Just like a tree that's planted by the water We shall not be Libera Mumia Libera Mumia No nos moverán Libera Mumia No nos moverán Como un árbol Firme, firme junto al río no, 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 Blackout Network. Please give a warm welcome 
for Sabrina Sabati. Greetings. I'm a little short here, but here we go. Uh, first and foremost, big shout out to Misty for putting this together. All this on activists as well. It's not every day I get to be in DC, but so excited to see all you guys. When I studied journalism in undergrad, my professors told me that journalism was about reporting the facts. What they did not tell me was that there are certain agencies that do not want some facts or truths reported. Sometimes that decision lies in the hands of an editor, a publisher, a platform, or the United States government. Julian Assange is currently imprisoned for reporting the facts, for revealing harsh truths about US war crimes. He's being tortured for doing his job. Some government officials, like John Bolton, <laughs> have called Julian a criminal. I disagree. Journalism should not be a crime. But I would ask John Bolton, where is that same outrage for the real criminals? Where is that same outrage for the clients of Jeffrey Epstein? Where is that same outrage for the Wall Street bankers that stole people's homes during the housing crisis? Those are the real criminals, and they walk among us freely. Independent journalists like Julian are critical and necessary because media outlets such as CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC spread lies every day to the American people. They regurgitate the same narrative from the State Department, the narrative that the U.S. government has decided is acceptable. If commentators like Anderson Cooper told the truth, the real truth, would he still be employed at CNN? If you're wondering why you should care about what's happening to Julian, if you value free speech or free press, then you should be very concerned about his ordeal. Over the past year, I've watched independent journalists and commentators struggle with censorship on various platforms. I've seen them have their work deleted, sometimes work that was published years ago. I've seen journalists demonetized and deplatformed, some of whom I know personally, and I know they do good work. I've seen Wikipedia pages smearing anti-war voices. And speaking of war, if you discuss Russia and Ukraine differently than mainstream media, you will also be censored or deplatformed. The same goes for Israel and Palestine, Syria, and Yemen. Censorship did not start with Julian Assange, and he is not alone. 
We must also mention voices like Daniel Hale and Mumia Jamal. But we must also ask our representatives in DC, where do they stand on this issue? In particular, the progressive members in Congress, with the exception of Ilhan Omar, where does the squad stand on Julian Assange and the issue of free speech? Why are they silent on this issue? If they're not willing to stand up for free speech, then they will vote accordingly. And we may not have independent media, the same media that gave them a platform when CNN would not. The same media that got them elected. So this time is Julian Assange. Next time, it could be someone else if we don't protect free speech. Next time, it could be you. Thank you. Thank you, Sabrina. Give it up for Sabi Sabs. Amazing independent journalist. Please go support her work. Okay, coming up next, we have Scott Ritter, who is a former U.S. Marine Corps intelligence officer served in the Soviet Union as an inspector implementing the INF uh, Treaty and served as a chief weapons inspector with the UN in Iraq. Uh, currently writes on issues pertaining to international security, military affairs, Russia, and the Middle East, as well as arms control and non-proliferation. Everybody give it up for Scott Ritter. Thank you very much. It's an honor and privilege to be out here today uh, to speak with you. It's also an honor and privilege to stand here underneath the flag of the United States of America. I took an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. It's an oath I took seriously, and I know there's many in the audience today who have taken the same oath. And I know there's some people out here who are watching us who have taken the same oath. Thank you for your service. But the important thing about that oath is what it stands for doesn't stand for, I will defend the President of the United States no matter what. It stands for, I will defend the Constitution. I will uphold and defend the Constitution. And the First Amendment of that Constitution is freedom of speech. In, in June of 1971, lawyers from this building argued a case before the United States Supreme Court. That case was the United States versus the New York Times. The Supreme Court came back with a 6-3 opinion in favor of free speech. What they said at the time is that the First Amendment doesn't allow the government to suppress the press, but the press to suppress the government. That the purpose is free speech is so that the people can hold their government accountable for the crimes and the misdeeds they do, that the government can never hide behind a shroud of secrecy and cite secrecy as a defense against, the, or as, as a way of suppressing free speech. It was a very important, very important decision. One that if journalists today were a half of what they were 50 years ago, 
they'd be here in overwhelming numbers supporting this very cause. One month after the Supreme Court passed or voted 6-3 for this uh, opinion, a child was born. His name was Julian Assange. 1971. Here we are today talking about free speech and we're talking about Julian Assange in the same breath. Because ladies and gentlemen, he is the face of free speech. He is that which defines the struggle we should all be united in. Standing up for our right to say what we want, when we want, to whom we want. Now unfortunately, Julian Assange may be extradited to our country. I hope it doesn't come to that. But if he does, I demand that the U.S. courts pay attention to the words written in the opinion of United States versus the New York Times, where the Supreme Court chided, chided the lower courts and said, you should never have even heard oral arguments on this that you can never allow the government to use secrecy as an excuse to suppress free speech. What has Julian Assange given us? Julian Assange has done nothing more than that which we demand of everybody who claims to be a journalist. That is, to find the facts, report the facts, and turn them over to the people so they can judge the facts and hold people accountable for the facts. He's exposed war crimes. He's exposed the lies of the U.S. government. And again, I didn't take an oath to serve the U.S. government. I took an oath to defend the Constitution, embarrass the U.S. government when it needs to be embarrassed. Hold our elected representatives accountable for what they do in our name. It's a shame, but I'm proud of it, that a foreigner has to serve as a better example of defending American values than many American journalists. So we gather here under this flag. This flag is supposed to stand for something. I wore this flag, 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 flag proudly on my shoulder when I served in the Marine Corps. But this flag stands for the defense of truth. And I'm telling you right now, Department of Justice, if you dare hold Julian accountable for a violation of the law that did not occur, then take this flag down and hoist the Jolly Roger. Because piracy in American democracy has taken place. And former U.N. weapons inspector Scott Ritter will have a last word on today's show, featuring voices from a large rally outside the Department of Justice on October 8th, 2022, for imprisoned WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. We will be covering the Friday, January 20th, Belmarsh Tribunal at the National Press Club, where a range of high-profile experts will present evidence of the current attack on journalism and on publishers like Julian Assange. This is On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. We're on two dozen stations on the Pacifica Radio Network and on all your podcast platforms at On the Ground with Esther Averam. Our website and archive of all of our shows is onthegroundshow.org. In addition, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and I also link to every show 
on my Instagram page at Esther underscore Averum, I-V-E-R-E-M. Special thank you to our supporters on Patreon.com at On The Ground Show. The music we play this hour included Coming Home and Gord Guanco by Women of the Calabash. Songs at the rally were performed by Lucy Murphy and the DC Worker Center Chorus. And our theme music for the show is Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. I'm Mr. Averam. Until next time, take good care and keep raising your voice. Peace. Take it while you sweet time.